and welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I am joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how's it going out in uh, parts unknown in the Pacific Northwest right now? It's it's cold. You know how I always say I'm great? I mean, I am great, but first I'm cold, and then I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, supposed, it's supposed to be springtime, so... Uh... Hopefully by the time you uh, come back to Miami, although that's soon, uh, maybe maybe I'll get a nice day up there. Um, you haven't missed much on the Miami beat this week. I'll say that. Uh, like I said, Susan's been off all week. Uh, pop it in, though, to talk uh, to Miami football. We got a, a scrimmage coming up this weekend. That's kind of going to be the bulk of the episode here. But I've been kind of uh, handling Miami stuff for the week. But like I said, you haven't missed a lot. We've only I think they've only had one practice this week since you've been gone they'll practice again friday and then like we said there will be a scrimmage uh this weekend uh, probably saturday it's always saturday um we talked to zach mcleod this week about his position change some pretty interesting stuff there well i'm sure we'll talk about that as we kind of talk about some things that we are looking forward to maybe learning about or, or hearing from the scrimmage um important to note though before we get started that like always we cannot see anything you know, we're you know, maybe hearing stuff behind the scenes and um, obviously hearing stuff up front of what the coaches are, are talking about, and what the players are saying. And, and they've actually been relatively revealing in some ways. Um, you know, like we learned that DJ Scaife and Jared Williams are competing at right tackle and Devon Donaldson is sounds like he's the guy at right guard right now. Um, but again, we're just we're just not seeing a lot. We're not going to see the scrimmage this weekend mm-hmm. either. I'm sure we'll get a little highlight reel like they typically do. But um, yeah, it's, so so we're going to talk about the scrimmage. We're going to talk about a scrimmage we're not going to ever see. Uh, but there's always some some insights you can glean from uh, what happens behind closed doors and what kind of gets relayed to us. Well, yes, and it's always interesting to see since it is closed. Um, the only information that we do get is from the University of Miami. Um, and coaches, they decide, you know, and they, they send us kind of a little video, a very a mini, mini video of uh, Manny Diaz. And, um, you know, they just really tell us what they want to tell us. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure Manny does, you know, he's not lying, but he's maybe he's leaving some stuff out. So, uh, you know. Yeah. If, if Cam Harris uh, fumbles I mean, the ball three it, times, uh, we're not going to find out about that. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, David. Yes. That's that's about it. We will find out the really. We will find out who, sh- also, who had three forced keep in fumbles, mind, though. Yes, we will. And we, uh, yeah, we, we will find out that. And, um, you know, keep in mind that there, it will not be, and I, no one said this, but I just know this, or it will not be contact. I mean, yeah, it's it'll the first be tag It's the first whatever. Yep. Um, they they won't be allowed to tackle. I'm sure of that. Mm-hmm. So. So yeah. yeah so I know we're gonna we're going to talk about de- the defensive ends and stuff, but a lot of times, and I always say this, and I know it's true. You know, that's I, a lot of times. Um, if you can't, if the DNs know they can't run. Yeah, if uh, yeah, it's it's different, obviously, especially with positions like that. I do have kind of five things written out though that um, 
I think we can kind of learn from a closed door scrimmage. Obviously, it's the first scrimmage in the spring. They'll have, what, two more, I guess, including the spring game. Then, obviously, a whole offseason of workouts and then a whole bunch of more practices before the season starts. So we're not going to learn that, like, who the starting defensive ends are off of this because of who has a big spring game. But you get a, you do get a sense of where things actually stand in a live type environment. Like I said, I have kind of five things written out that I think we can kind of learn, you know, no guarantee we will learn these things, but these are the things we can learn by hearing about who kind of put up what kind of stats, um, maybe seeing what we have on video and just kind of generally from what Manny says. Um, and the first thing I have written out, it's probably the most interesting story of the spring. It's, I feel like, what we lead every podcast with. Uh, and that is the quarterback spot. Um, well, one thing we'll find out is if Jake Garcia is going to play in it. Obviously, he's been limited with a uh, foot injury, right? Was that the official word? Um, yes, official word. Yep. And yes. um, so we'll, we'll see if he plays. We'll see where he stands uh, at this moment. Like we said, not contact. Quarterbacks are never really contact in the spring anyway. Um, and we'll figure out kind of how he and Tyler Van Dyke and I guess Peyton Matoka stand up, uh, stand against one another, because, you know, typically we do get a little bit of a, a quarterback stat line. Inevitably, you're going to see the quarterbacks on the highlight reels. Um, it's really our first window into where this quarterback battle stands, I think. Yes. Um, and I, you know, again, I think we will learn more Friday because you will be talking to Manny yes. Diaz. Yep, they have uh, one on more Friday. practice Friday before so, the scrimmage. You know, I know this comes out. It's it's Thursday now. I know this comes out um, Friday, and then a little bit after this comes out, Manny will be talking about it more. And Manny might say, you know, that Jake cannot play, or mm-hmm. that maybe we'll just do some drills. You know, they have drills before and some seven on seven. They do it all kind of before the actual scrimmage. So yeah. he might what they're going to do with him um and the, I did I, the other I know we're talking about receivers but I also wanted to say it's a little uh deceiving when they say so and so scored you know three touchdowns because sometimes it's like a goal line thing yeah it's situ- they situational the ball scrimmage the, you know three yards yeah so they get and then all of a sudden they, he has three touchdowns so you just got to read between the lines but as far as receivers go um you know, Mike Harley is the guy now, and apparently he's getting better and better and better. Um, and I'm actually excited for this season for Mike. Let's put it that way. I think, you know, I don't know how much they're going to play him. I think they will play him. I think they have to, but, you know, yeah. in the scrimmage, um, I think I'm, I'm really kind of psyched about Mike Harley, period. And, uh, and I'm also excited about Charleston Rambo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is this is the other so, thing I have written right up at the top of the list, and that's which receivers are going to make plays in the scrimmage. Again, you can't figure out who the, the the top guys are and all that, but you do find out that, like you said, so you get, it's a little misleading sometimes because you hear a guy had three touchdowns, but you do hear about the guy who caught an, a seventy yard touchdown pass, or you hear that Mike Harley caught, uh, you know, eight passes for one hundred twenty yards. Um, so I think we're all expecting Mike to, to put up numbers, but it's, it's the, that next group of guys. It's, I think we'll get a sense of where guys kind of stand in this wide receiver competition. You know, not necessarily who the number two, number three starter are, but who the, um, you know, if, if this Keyshawn Smith uh, 
thing that, that apparently is going on is for real. You know, if we hear he catches a couple of deep balls, that's a good sign. If we hear Charleston Rambo uh, has a monster game, that that's a good sign. Um, and, you know, if we hear that, you know, Xavier Restrepo or Daz Warsham or Michael Redding, some of these other freshmen that we just haven't really talked about much this spring um, after, you know, they had kind of mm-hmm. middle, you know, contributed a little bit last year. Um, you know, we could hear that some of those guys make plays. So it's, it's, you know, it's, scrimmage practice environments obviously very different than a game environment but you still find out about the guys who are making plays in a scrimmage you know rather than in a seven on seven in practice or or just in one-on-ones or something like that yeah the and the receivers are are key obviously as always and yeah Keyshawn Smith um he's the other one that I'm you said that I'm kind of psyched to see uh, yeah he's kind of the most intriguing and, guy this um, spring in a lot of ways I, I mean Pope definitely let, by the way, Rhett Lashley, Rhett Lashley said um, um, Wednesday that he that Keyshawn Smith it was now twelve to fourteen pounds heavier. Um, so, and I, I go, you know, that's that's a lot of weight, and I I'm just looking for, and he pointed him out, so I'm looking forward to seeing him or to hearing about him. <laughs> Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned Mike Harley too, and and I think he's just like. He has to be in the like every conversation we have about this team's like stars and this team's signature players. Um, I think you got to mention him now. It, it sounds like he's having a great camp. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. coming off a great season, he is entering this year like hunting the all time receiving yards record, I think, right at Miami. Like uh, it, it kind of it escalated really fast for him because you know, you think back to the first couple of weeks of last season and he was like, uh, you know, he was a disappointment for most of his career. And all of a sudden he now is, um, I don't want to say the face of this team, because obviously that's a Eric. And I think you could even make a case like bubble bold in and, but it, um, you know, he's right there. I think in terms of like the guys who are the face of this offense, when you, you know, we, we joke about like the guys who we, we always jokingly kind of predict who we're going to get to talk to uh, during interviews. And like Mike is now in that, like, they just need someone to like talk about the state of the team, basically. Like he's the guy. Yep. He's and, uh, and of course, um, you know, Will. I think Will Mallory also. Yeah. Course, you know, he's, he's out this spring. So it's tricky, but yeah, he is yeah. another guy that I think I feel the same way about. Yep. Yep. Uh, let's actually, uh, I have this written a fifth on my list, but let's actually push it up here to now number three, because, uh, you mentioned Mill Will Mallory. Um, he's obviously out. Uh, Elijah Arroyo banged up. I'm interested to see uh, if the tight ends make any contributions because, you know, I think we all feel really good about Will Mallory. I'm uh, pretty high on Elijah Arroyo, and it sounds like Rhett Lashley is too. But uh, that competition for the number two tight end is pretty open this spring. Uh, we have not heard very much about it, whether Larry Hodges or Don Mamorelli are kind of seizing that job. And, you know, again, it's, they're going to have a lot of opportunities in the scrimmage. They might catch a couple of touchdowns because it's going to be red, red zone situations. But I think with the tight ends that actually kind of matters because again, we just haven't heard a whole lot about these guys this spring. They both again, contributed last year. I think they really like Mamorelli as a blocker. I think Hodges caught a touchdown or two mm-hmm. last year. Um, so this is a good chance no, for well, them. No, Right. This is a good chance for them, I think, to one of them to, to show that they're 
out front in that competition uh, to be Mallory's number two, which is an important part of what Miami likes to do. Obviously they need, they, they need two of these tight ends. They need someone behind Mallory to yeah, I, be playable. Yeah. Sorry guys. If this is weird, just because of where I am, I swear. Yeah, like I said, like parts a- unknown. Uh, we are, our connections not as great as it probably is most weeks. I think I'm, it's kind of, yeah, it's, it's, halting a little before I come on. So um, anyway, uh, Larry Hodges, I really haven't, you know, it was Larry Hodges. This is, believe it or not, I think this is his third year. year. Yeah. Yeah. And he caught two passes, I think last year for two touchdowns, right? Wasn't that last year? Or was that the I first think so. year? He might've three. And, I feel like he has three touchdowns in his career, but don't quote me on that. Well, no, he doesn't. He had none last year. And I'm looking at his stats. He played in six games. Um, he had only one catch and it was for negative two yards. Um, so, oh, yeah, okay. And, he had two touchdowns his freshman year. Oh, his freshman year. Uh, in 2019. Oh, this is his third year. This yeah. is his third year where I think he will technically still be a redshirt freshman in his third year on yes. campus. He's, he's still <laughs> redshirt yeah, Exactly. His third year. But I mean, he only... I don't know. He played six games, one catch, minus two yards. Yeah. I, w- I-, I will say the one thing with Larry Hodges, um, and he might just be passed. You know, that it happens sometimes. A guy gets recruited to be something, and then better guys get right. recruited behind him. But um, he was in a tough spot with Brevin. Is like so clearly the guy because he's that, you know, Miami traditionally kind of likes two different types of tight ends, right? They like, like the big 6'5 guy <laughs> like Will Mallory, and then they like the – Smaller, six two, six one. You know, Chris Herndon, um, right. Brevin Jordan guy, and Larry Hodges falls into that second category, the Brevin esque category. Um, and obviously, like he wasn't going to play over Brevin, but obviously, Brevin has also been hurt a lot. Like there were chances for him to get on the field, and he just hasn't very much. But um, you know, he, this is his and chance, that- right? And that's <clears throat> Elijah Arroyo is that similar type of yep. tight end, also six two, six three, uh, moves around can play outside, can play in line, and, and he's got to fend Elijah Arroyo off, I think. And they, yeah, David, and they, I, Rhett Lashley really likes Elijah Arroyo. They're high on Elijah Arroyo. Um, and and Dom Mamarelli, um, a lot of guys talk about him, and I, and he, Lashley even talked about him, you know, Will being out give, gives younger guys like Dom an opportunity to step up, see what he can do. He was the one that was mentioned, by the way. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's not that many. To, they, th- those guys have to take advantage. That's it. Whatever yeah. they get. Yeah. So, the, and like I said, we just haven't heard a lot about them this spring. So this is, I, I mean, this might be the first time we really hear anything about Don Mamarelli or Larry Hodges or maybe Elijah Royo contrib- plays in some capacity. We don't exactly know his injury status, but it doesn't sound like it's anything serious. Um Let's move over to the defense for the Hello, last two. When, oh, you got you got one more thing. Okay. No, I sorry guys, we are so delayed here. I uh, um no, I I mean Lashley w- said he was walking w- working through an injury yeah. uh, minor issue this spring. He'll be fine, so it makes you feel like I don't know that he's not going to play. But we'll yeah, see. they're not they're okay. not going to rush him. Um, moving over to the defense, I got two things I think we can learn from that. You know, you can't. First of all, you can't learn anything about the offensive line, right? You, there's no stats. 
Um, we have actually learned a little bit, though, this spring. I mentioned DJ Scaife saying he's competing with Jared Williams at right tackle. Um, Navon Donaldson playing at right guard. We actually talked to him for the first time this spring Friday, so it'll be interesting to hear an update from him. Um, we've also heard over at the left side of the line that Jalen Rivers and Ja'Kai Clark are competing at left guard. So a lot of competition, as we expected. You can't learn a whole lot about the secondary unless a guy has a couple interceptions and you hear about it. Um, but the, the one thing it, it does feel like kind of always comes out of one of these scrimmages is one of these defensive ends has like three sacks or something. I think back to, I guess it was two years ago where Will Mallory was <laughs> right. just like terrorizing. It was Miami's terrible offensive line too. So that skewed it. But um, we heard about like Greg Rousseau just dominating every one of these scrimmages. And then obviously it bore out and he's going to be a first round pick in this draft coming up. But I think we, you know, uh, I, I don't know if we'll hear that anyone has a Greg Rousseau type, like three sack, four sack day, but we will hear about a defensive end um, having a couple sacks or, you know, guys really impressing at that spot. Um, and that, that's something, you know, it's one of the biggest questions we certainly have about this team this spring is what does that position group look like? Um, and I think, you can figure out which guys uh, are ahead of the pack based off of, of scrimmage when you're in a live situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think uh, the one that's really I'm intrigued with is uh, Zach McLeod, mm-hmm. who you wrote about. Um, I want to see, you know, how he looks. Uh, I want to see, I keep saying that. Sorry. Um, I want to, I want to read. <laughs> Anything I can about Zach McLeod getting some sacks or whatever, making some plays or hearing how he did. Um, yeah, you wrote an interesting story about him and how it all started as a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Him, yeah, I, I, I really am interested in that. And Jafari Harvey, of course, um, I'd like he needs to, he has to step up. I mean, if these yeah. guys, we, he's yeah. kind of the guy that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear about. He's the one I think is the most likely candidate to be that Greg Russo. Like, oh, my God, he had three sacks in a scrimmage. Um, again, does it mean anything? Is it likely? Probably not. I just think he's the most likely guy to like have one of those eye popping uh, performances in a scrimmage. Right. It just they don't. It's just like some of those other guys, their bodies were so much bigger. Right. In the same light, I mean, even, well, Jalen got bigger and bigger, but Jalen and even when Greg Rousseau played, and I know Quincy Roche was, is thicker, you know? Yeah, yep. Bills, I don't know. They just seem much bigger than these other guys. Am I imagining it? No, I think, I think you're right. Um, again, we haven't seen a lot of practice, which makes it tough. Like, you know, every time we show up on the practice field for like the first time in the spring, you, there's a couple of guys that stand out and you're like, Ooh, that guy got so much bigger. Um, and maybe Jafari is that, I think there's a chance chance Williams is that because he came in looking a lot like Greg Rousseau did when Greg Rousseau was in high school and uh-huh. Greg Rousseau pretty quickly stopped looking like high school Greg Rousseau. He, he bulked up really fast. I, I just have no idea what chance Williams looks like right now, but he was, you know, the highest ranked recruit out of the whole group of defensive ends. And I don't know what he's listed at on the roster, but you know, he's got that, that long skinny build that, that Greg Rousseau model kind of, um, you know, probably six, four, six, five, something like that. So not quite as big, but yeah, I, I he was yeah, a guy who was yeah. due 
he was a guy that was due for a physical transformation. And if he makes a physical transformation, then I wouldn't be surprised if he's like kind of the guy. Cam Williams, another one. But Chance is a one that actually was specifically mentioned by Jess Simpson, which I thought was interesting the other day. Because obviously Jess is going to have different opinions about these guys too than Todd Stroud did. So like a guy who didn't play a lot last year, like Chance Williams, like, I don't know, maybe Jess Simpson just likes him a lot more than Todd Stroud did. Like it's always possible. Yeah, and and he's, uh, he is, by the way, I always tell you he's listed as 255. So I, I figure then he's 6'3". And like 245. Uh, I'll tell you what his uh, recruiting profile said, which is usually, I think, a little bit more accurate because those guys get measured at camps and stuff and like in public. It said 6'4, 238. So I, I buy 6'4 for him. Um, I'd like, you know, 238. He always seemed really skinny to me. Um, so if he can get up to like 260 yeah. or something, maybe it's a, it's a difference. Like I, I would have thought he would have bulked up even more, but. We'll see. Um, he's just another and, guy. I think, David, like I said, also, Harvey, I think is most likely, but, but chance is another, I think he's just like dark horse guy could become their best defensive end. I mean, he was really good at Oakleaf and at same, same school that Shaq Quarterman came out of and Jalen rivers. Maybe those guys talk and Jalen rivers. <laughs> so it, it could one. be the, it could be the spring another. of Oakleaf. <laughs> could be. Um, last thing I have uh, on my list is what linebackers are atop the depth chart. This is the one I, I think is probably least likely for us to come out of this uh, scrimmage, having a better sense of what it is. But that's another position that kind of like defensive end feels wide open to me. Obviously, Zach McLeod moving to defensive end opens up a spot. You know, Bradley Jennings didn't exactly like wow anyone last year. I don't think Wayman Steed is. You know, maybe he has a big like senior or whatever. I don't even know what he's going to be now. Um, but there, there's, you know, Corey Flagg, Sam Brooks, <laughs> Tyreek Austin Cave, like any of these guys could start for me and I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and, you know, maybe if we come out of the scrimmage and we hear that a guy like Tyreek Austin Cave had eight tackles, then I think we'll have an idea that, you know, he's... Um, He's in that competition too. And I, I don't know if we'll know who the favorites are, but I'm, I'm just curious who is in that competition right now, because like I said, there's so many names in there. Avery Huff, another one um, right. who, who might be the most talented of that entire group. There are so many names there and I just have no idea who their starters are going to be. No, but I, I think you said something. You've t- told me something when we talked about Keyshawn Smith coming in and we were surprised that we got to interview him last week or whenever that was two weeks ago. And um, I think you're right. You said that, well, it's, you know, unusual they're bringing this guy in. uh, And usually they do that when they think someone's been doing well. And Corey flag did talk to us Mm -hmm. already. And Corey flag, Um, I would say was kind of like the most, promising linebacker they had last year i'm sure he like screwed up a lot because he was a freshman but like he was a guy that i think if just like someone who doesn't know a lot about football was watching like that's the guy who stands out to you because it always seemed like he was just like making plays so i'm not surprised that i like i kind of view him as a favorite just based off of what he did last year and you think that natural like year one to year two improvement yeah, so do I, I agree with you. I mean, he had he he ended up with 15 tackles. Um, he had a 
Corey had a, he had a fumble recovery. Um, he's lost weight, which made Manny happy. So I'm sure he's, you know, he's more agile. He's a little quicker now. Um, and, you know, UM, man, as we said last time around, they, they need their run defense uh, last year. Their rushing defense, they went from 17th, from 17th in 2019 to 76 in the nation in rushing defense. So um, I think that pretty much tells it all. Yeah. Deshaun Troutman is the freshman on campus there too. So maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll find out a little bit about him. Um, that's still the position where yeah. I, I just don't feel that great about Miami's situation. There's a lot of names, um, but we haven't seen a lot of real production yeah. necessarily from any of them. All right. Uh, before we finish up, um, we got pro day coming on Monday. It'll be on ACC network. Is that right? ACC network. I think one o'clock. Yeah. ACC network. Is um, it one? I, yeah, I one have, o'clock. One o'clock I, is my understanding. Um, one to three. Yeah. Right? Two hours slot. Yeah. Yeah, two hours for four players. I mean, there's always like random guys show up, like maybe an FIU kid will work out or something, or an old cane will come down and work out. Oh, but only four yes. kids, right? Like theoretically. Yeah. It's Greg. That's kind of weird. Two hours. Greg, Quincy, Brevin, Jalen. That's it. Yeah. You, you were thinking the other day, like, oh, I'm going to have so many draft stories to write. Four. And then you, I reminded you, we've only got four guys uh, who left. Four guys. The, the entire roster is back pretty much, except for, I guess, the Cozy Perry who transferred or is transferring. But you know what, David? Other guys, I guarantee you, will show up um, for that pro day. It just like you were saying, FIU or whatever, FAU, th- there are other guys. Um, although there are other guys that show up and there are guys I know that, um, that, that maybe, uh, you know, didn't even play this year, you know, that are out like a year or whatever. And they want to sh- show off that they, they have more than just guys that played this year. So that's always kind of interesting to see who, um, sometimes they have uh, walk-ons and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, but I, it, it's unusual if we get to see all those guys. So. Yeah. I guess, uh, Wait. I guess there'll have yeah. to be a quarterback there, right? Cause Brevin Jordan's going to have to catch balls from someone. Yes. There will, yeah. True. There will be, be somebody throwing passes and who knows, who knows if they're going to be from Miami and um, yeah, but we, you know, with that pro day, um, I think, uh, and I, and I, and I think there'll be, I haven't been watching the other pro days. Maybe you've been watching them, but I, I think not. they'll show, um, they'll show. Some, yeah. I think they'll show some of the drills they do. Um, and I guess, I guess a lot of them and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to watch it, but the one that I'm really the most interested in, in seeing is Greg Rousseau because we haven't seen him um for a year right basically yeah or we haven't he didn't play at all this season and i'm i'm sure he's bigger and really built now and stronger and all that but i like did it help him to be out the year did it hurt him you know what's it's going to be interesting to see what's the effect on 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 his you know on his play and uh his draft status because he's he's very young. It's not like he mm-hmm. played a lot, Miami. 
Yeah, so I think I'm, I think the one I'm, I think the the way I look at it is, you know, I think there's going to be questions as we go into this draft and where where teams will basically be like he hasn't played a lot. Like why would you take a guy who has played in what has he played? Like 15 games in his college career. Um, so he's got to do well here, right? Like he's got to do well at this pro day. He's got to run well. He's got to show he's big because a team that drafts him. Yeah. They love that. He was like an all American level talent, um, as a red shirt freshman in 2019, but they're mostly taking him because like he is a six, seven guy who has not played a lot, but is like a Free, a legitimate freak athlete. You know, they call him Groot because he looks like the the Guardians of the Galaxy character, who is like a literal tree person. Like he's a freak. Like he's like a, he looks like a superhero in a lot of ways, or an alien. Um, and he's you know I want to see something freakish. I want to see something freakish during this. I want to see him run a crazy fast forty time, um, or or just like move really well in this drill because you know that that's what he has a chance to do. Um, that's that's what made him great at Miami for like the one and a quarter year he he played. Yeah, he's he's the one. I think he's the one everybody's because everyone's interested in because just because of that. Mm-hmm. And he's he's smart, you know, and he's he's such a great kid. And um, uh, I don't know, he has the right attitude. Um, there's just everything good, everything good about him. So I'm really really rooting for him. Might have to get him back on the podcast when we get a little closer to draft. He was, he was great when we had him on. Um, and I, I keep saying he's going to nail all of his interviews um, as we get closer to the draft. Oh, yeah. The other guy uh, that I'm like kind of interested to see what they do during pro day, because I think they have kind of something to prove and potentially change his draft stock a lot is, is Brevin Jordan. Um, uh, there's, there's obviously some like knocks on him with the size um, obviously he, you know, he was a hurt a lot. Like, I don't know if he gets a reputation as being a injury prone guy, but he, it always seemed like there was something with him at Miami. Um, but he's also a guy who, you know, when he was on the field, he just like was super productive and kind of was clearly, I think they're like best offensive weapon last year. Really honestly, like basically since his freshman year, he's been their best offensive weapon. Um, I guess he played with Amon for a year. Right. So, so Amon was probably a better weapon than him, but you know, he's, um, he's got to prove he can, that the size is not an issue for him. And to do that, he's got to run well too. I, the running, uh, I know we're going to talk a lot about running because that's a lot of what a, a pro day is about, but that's, you know, he has a chance to, I think, run a really good 40 time. And, and if he does that, then he can kind of solidify himself. I think as a second round tight end, basically number two, number three, tight end on the board. Um, behind Kyle Pitts and you know after I mean Kyle Pitts is like leagues ahead of everyone but after that this tight end class I think is pretty open to be like who that number two number three guy is and, and I think we both think Brevin Jordan's really good um, but he's got to you know I think he's got to show that the the obvious flaws in his game are not going to uh, encumber him in the NFL I don't know if encumber is the right word yeah I I there's something about Brevin Jordan. I'm totally thumbs up on Brevin Jordan. I just have you ever noticed that this kid he comes through like yeah, whatever I mean, he's he awesome. wants it he's so awesome. bad. 
And he's another he's guy who's going to nail mean, his I, interviews. Like, people love him. He's going to, as long as he stays oh healthy. God, he's going to be so. Yeah, I think, David, I think that is the one legitimate knock. And I know he, you know, he objects to that knock. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's, it's just what, that's just at least the impression we got, right? He might have dealt with some COVID issues also. So, there was some stuff mixed in there, but um, just when he gets the ball, right, he just, he drags everybody with him. Like there's no stopping him. When Brevin Jordan gets the ball, there's no, in my opinion, there, he just keeps going and plowing ahead. Um, I think there was some kind of possible knock on, on some of his blocking. And I, I think he's worked on that really hard. And I, I saw I know Field uh, loves him as a blocker, loved him as a blocker. Well, I I think I, I, I saw what he did with his body. I, I think he posted something on Instagram, I was telling you, and he's really cut and looks he looks big and strong. And I don't know. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm psyched to see Brevin, actually. And I think I think he'll be there's no way he's going below the third round, right? No way. Is no, he? no way. Uh, it, I think the better question is like, can he, yeah. I don't think he's going to go in the first round because tight ends like him, unless you're like super duper productive, don't go in the first round, but like, I think you go in the second right. round easily. And that's what he's trying to do right now is like I said, Kyle Pitts is in a league of his own in this draft, but there's an, there's no one behind him that like feels like a no brainer first round pick. I think Brevin can work his way into that number two tight end position um, because, you know, he is, I know you, you mentioned the blocking. He, he blocked in college. A lot of tight ends don't block in college. He did block. Like even if he didn't block as well as some guys wanted, he blocked right. in college. Um, I, I think he's, doesn't he joke that he's like a little slow or people joke that he's slow, but so that's, that's the one thing that maybe know. worries me is like, if he runs a bad 40 time that could hurt him. But I think he'll run a good 40 time. Um, and I think he's just so fluid. Just You know, you, you mentioned the way he can drag people. And he's got, you know, he's like you said, he's he's really built right now. And he's kind of like built like a, he's got a low center of gravity, I guess. And all like the stuff that you, you look for for a guy who could be a good blocker and, and a guy who can break tackles. But he's also like a good route runner. And, you know, he makes plays in space. Like he's, he's I don't know, he's, I don't know if he'll be like an all pro or a pro bowler because, you know, those are the six, five tight ends who like totally can change the game, but he, there's no way he's not going to be a productive NFL player. I don't think, you know, you look at a guy like Chris Herndon, who's, who's put together yeah, a productive I, NFL yeah. career. Like Brevin is no offense to Chris Herndon, who was a great tight end in Miami. Brevin Jordan is just Chris Herndon, but like kind of significantly better in my opinion. Uh, absolutely. Just big strides and, you know, maybe he doesn't seem like he's lightning fast, but I, I somehow he gains a lot of yardage. He, he, he actually led, I'm looking here at stats. He led UM in, in, uh, for receiving 15.2 yards, uh, a catch, which was a team high with five. Yeah, That's pretty crazy. Like when you think of the receivers they had, like, I know, like, you know, the, the, the good receivers they have on this team were their speed guys, right? Like Pope and, and Harley are theoretically well, supposed to be like yes. big play guys. And the fact that Brevin was, you know, I know there were a lot of problems with the receivers, but the fact that Brevin had more yards per catch than, than those guys is that says something. 
Yeah, 15.2. And the interesting thing is Will Mallory had 15, 15 flat per mm-hmm. catch and, and Brevin 15.2. Yeah. Um, oh, Will Mallory had a million of those like 60-yard touchdowns where they like trick the whole defense. Remember he had like, <laughs> two of those where he had those like 60, 70-yard touchdown yeah, catches. Yeah, or 45, yeah. yeah. But what, this, for receiving, yeah, 45. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, my vote's with Brevin, and I think he's a marketing gem for some yeah. team. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know? All right, what about the other two defensive ends, Jalen Phillips and Quincy Roche? Um, I, I think Jalen showed a lot by transforming his body over the last year, obviously. I think that kind of vaulted him uh-huh. in the first round of conversation. I guess we'll see how he does on the bench and all that stuff uh, this at the pro day, but I, I don't really care how people do on the bench. Um, to me, Jalen is like kind of the safest, like he's going to be a top 20 pick, right? Or like top 25, something like that. Like he's he'll, just the safest, yeah. like, and he'll be, yeah. Yeah. And, and sorry, I, I, he'll be a great, uh, he'll be a great interview, like super articulate and, um, you know, you lo- just love what he has to say. Smart as a- he's super smart. I think he's got a lot uh, of perspective too, as a guy who obviously had like medically retire for a little bit, contemplated like, you know, not you know quitting football. Going, you know, he like was left UCLA to like study music for a little while. Like he's got a lot of perspective as a guy who's had, you know, he was the number one high school recruit in the country, and it wasn't like he had. It was a straightforward path from mm-hmm. being the number one high school recruit in the country to a first round pick. There were a lot of twists and turns on that journey for him. Oh, yeah. And I think that might be the one thing teams are, if they're going to be wary or leery about anything, but these guys are, it's going to be physical. Checking the wrist, he had a, 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 a horrific wrist uh, injury that he had surgery on. He said, you know, you, you had mentioned some concussion issues. And I think they're really, and the NFL teams always do their homework. So I think that's one thing they're going to be looking at. But my God, he did so well this past season. Um, although, yeah, he just was, um, he did really well, as did Quincy yeah. Roche. I think Quincy, to me, is totally, I don't know, underrated or it feels, it feels to me like he's underrated. Like you don't hear people talking about him that much, but I think he's very valuable. He's He's um, he's really good. He's a, a great, great young man with mm-hmm. a great attitude. Um, and I, you know, I'm, again, I'm rooting for him. I, all, all, all three of those guys. Yeah. I actually think Quincy is another guy who I keep going back to running. Cause that's the one thing I'm like interested to see at these pro days. I don't care about how you do on the bench press. Um, but he's the guy who I think like yeah. the the 40 and like the shuttle or the co- like, I don't know what kind of drills they'll be doing, but like the stuff that shows is like change of direction. That's all important for him because um, like you said, he, he kind of falls under the radar. And I think that's kind of his body partially because of his body type. He's a little short for like a prototypical defensive end. Um, yeah, I think he's got a, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to steal a, a phrase from a, Jason Concepcion, who, who writes about, who, used to, who writes in podcasts about the NBA, uh, formerly for like Grantland and the Ringer and stuff. Uh, he round face syndrome, where you look at a guy and 
you don't think he like looks like super physically like impressive because like the shape of his head or whatever you know like you look at him and it doesn't look like he's like this physical freak you know he kind of looks like a little doughy um but i think that's just probably because of like his shape you know the shape of his face and his body type and all that kind of stuff um but i think the way he can prove himself to be like a Mm -hmm. second round pick i think you know i feel kind of third round is probably safe range for him is he's going to show he can be an outside linebacker too. I think like that, that's where I think he can really like make his money. He did a little bit for Miami. Remember he had the interception against Clemson that got called back when he dropped back into coverage. So we know he can do some of that. Um, but I think if he runs well and, uh-huh. and shows that change of direction that he can cover a little bit and be a stand up pass rusher rather than a, a, you know, hand in the dirt straight up defensive end, just a pass rusher, which is obviously where he's at his best. Um, I think that would do a lot for him because I think his versatility, which is not something we've had to see a lot. I think he has the potential to be a very versatile defensive player. Um, and I think he can start proving that in uh, this pro day. Yep. And I, he is, he's, he contributed a lot to the hurricanes. I mean, um, you know, he had 14 and a half tackles for loss four and a half sacks um only Jalen Phillips had had one more uh tackle for tackles for loss than than uh than Quincy did um otherwise no one no one was even close um he had three fumble recoveries two forced fumbles five quarterback hurries I mean again I I think he's very talented and great guy, you don't hear a lot from him. You know, he doesn't, he's not, uh, he's, he's fairly humble. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, the interesting defensive ends, aren't they? Really interesting guys in one class. So, yeah. uh, it's a shame I, we never got yeah, to see them all together. Oh my God. <laughs> yep. And honestly, might, that would have maybe been good for Quincy Roche because would they have played him some at line? Like, would they have done stuff where they played all three of them together? And would they have gotten to show up? You know, I think Jalen and Quincy, they were so good at what they did as just like, go get the quarterback that like, it's kind of the same thing we talk about. The, you know, we didn't get to see the backups ever play because they were so good. I also think we didn't get to like ever see them do anything else because like, why would you have Quincy Roche drop into coverage? Why would you have... Jalen Phillips drop into coverage. You know, they did it sometimes, but like if Greg was out there too, maybe you see that more. Like I think they all have, you know, no college player comes out and you know fully what they look like because they're so good at what they do in a specific role that teams play to those strengths. I think, and obviously an NFL team, everyone runs slightly different stuff. I think these guys and Quincy, I think more than maybe any of them, I think has something to show uh, by showing off just like how fluid, how, you know, how, how well he can move in space, which is just, again, like not something he ever had to do in college. Um, Not, not because not necessarily because he couldn't just because why would you? And I think he he can do that, do some of that on Monday. Yep. And I think all of this, all of this brings us back right to the, right to the beginning with the scrimmage of, uh, um, it was kind of a, it was a blessing and it was a curse that they had such great defensive ends yep. this season. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see, uh, you know, 
see what we get from this first scrimmage to see how these guys can, uh, you know, attempt to even come close, right, to what their predecessors yeah. did. Yeah. All right. I think we can wrap things up there. I'm excited to uh, see the inside of the Carol Soffer indoor practice facility on Monday, though. It's almost <laughs> like we're there. It's almost going to be like we're there. That's true. It'll be it'll be interesting. And I guess everybody else can watch it, too. So, yeah. Well, only if you get ACC Network, which probably most people listening to this do not. So um, go sign up for a free subscription somewhere, a free trial right. for some service. YouTube. YouTube yeah. TV. That's how yeah. I had to do it at the beginning. Yeah. So. Or find a friend who, who subscribes to the correct uh, cable friend. package. Friend. Yeah. Uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. Uh, she will be back this weekend um, with... Uh, writing something up from the scrimmage so uh go check that out people are, we we know uh, people are always interested in whatever little information they leak out to us uh from those um you can follow me on twitter at db wilson too um by the time you're listening to this i'll probably have something up about navon donaldson like i said we're talking to him on friday uh, i'm very interested to hear from him because um it sounds like he's going to be the right guard if he can stay healthy and we haven't seen a whole lot of Navon over the last couple of years. And I think when we did see him, it was pretty positive at the end of last season. So um, yeah, you can follow me there. I'm also on the Panthers beat right now as they uh, they're on a little bit of a, a losing streak with Barkov out, but um, still uh, one of the more interesting teams in town. Um, you got anything else, Susan? No, that's it. Just, uh, just one more day in the freezing cold. <laughs> and then you get to come back to sunny South Florida Uh, Thanks, as always, for listening, everyone, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Take care, everybody.